Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I recognize that guy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, John. Sorry I had to do that to you. I changed my background for every episode. And, uh, you know, the beast quake is near and dear to all of our hearts up here. So Sure. Yeah, yeah unbelievable play. So uh, it's kind of one of those, you know, you have to go through and deal with it. The ramifications of a lifelong play like that, like Colton ambush. You know what I'm saying? That's just comes with the territory. Yeah, for us, it's uh, anytime we play the New England Patriots, we all have to uh, avert Malcolm our- Butler. <laughs> it's one of those things but yeah thanks for and, being- and this is a better memory than teddy bridgewater coming into our house a couple years ago and just running rough shot with, with who was it kamara was just all over the place right yeah, yeah I, I, kamara one. earned a lot of respect for me that day i mean i knew he was talented but he was every play inside the tackles outside the tackles screen game was insane well we'll get a chance to see him up close uh on monday night you guys want to get into it here Let's do it. All right. Let's let's go. go. Let's hit the theme song. Let's get this crowd going. Now, come on. Get him up. Get him up. Get him up. Hawks on three. One, two, three. Oh. Lofa Tatupu is up in the mix. Go Hawks. I'm just about that action, boss. Takes the snap. He's going to throw down the middle. What a catch. It's intercepted by Lofa Tatupu. Oh. Holy catfish. Hey, that's great football now. It's going to work now. Let's keep playing. Who's got my back? I got your back. That's Lofa. Trouble plant, thunder, all one ready, please. Russell looking, Russell scrambling, pump faking, still looking, now he spins out. We got a fly, baby. 35, 40, down the far sideline, he's still moving, he's going to go. Yes, Network, thanks for tuning in. I'm Seahawks super fan and lifelong 12, Brett Davern. He's Seahawks legend and former middle linebacker, Lofa Tatupu. What's up, buddy? How's it going, boss? Quick reminder to all you guys listening, we are doing a live listener party, live and in person, not on Zoom. It's only the second time that Lofa and I have ever been in the same room together at the same time, except for when he was down on the field and I was in the room, but, you know, so was like 60,000 other people. Um, but you guys, we're going to be at Ryan House Bar in Seattle this Sunday to watch the afternoon NFL slate of games starting at 1 p.m., just come on by the bar. You don't have to have a ticket. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to call anybody. Just show up at the bar. Be ready to watch football and have some fun with us. We're going to be doing some uh, contests and giveaways and trivia. We're going to have a raffle. Uh, you can buy a raffle ticket, and all of the money uh, raised will go to Special Olympics Washington. 100% of the proceeds from our raffle will go towards that. Um, and really, we're just wanting to hang out and talk football and chop it up with you guys and meet you guys in person and and be there and have fun with everybody. So come on out to Ryan House this Sunday, 1 p.m., uh, producer Katie will get me the address for the end of the show. 
<laughs> uh, you guys can send us emails as always anytime seahawkspod at gmail.com or hit us up on social media at believe in seahawks as always this show is brought to you by let me go to the copy betonline.ag your online wagering experts uh, jump on there and put a wager on the Monday night football game if you want the early line is the Saints minus three and a half with a 44 point over under I would hammer the under in this game wow. I think maybe yeah right what do you guys think John huh any thoughts no yeah I I think so um you know I think this is a, a week where the Saints have kind of figured out it's a lot of things offensively I mean it's still not a perfected product but look you know um we've seen the good the bad wait, and the wait, ugly John, from the John, scene. you're getting ahead of me you're getting ahead of me just you're taking the under right <laughs> no definitely not taking it <laughs> <laughs> I'm with John I'm going over <laughs> uh, betonline.ag everybody promo code uh what is it lofa they keep changing it on us believe 50 that's right for your 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag your online wagering experts okay john he's raring to go john Hendricks uh joining the show from at believe in saints right here on the believe uh seahawks network find it at believe saints on social media everybody uh john i mean yeah, let's get into it, man. Early thoughts about this game, Seahawks versus Saints. I mean, w- what's the story with the Saints this year anyway? Yeah, I mean, it's a, a tough team to figure out. Like I was saying, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly that we've seen. I mean, week one, everybody's like, man, this team's for real. And a lot of emotions they were playing with. So, I mean, that kind of carried it over a little bit. Then you got week two against the Panthers, kind of get struck with COVID. And, you know, this is a team that's not going to hide behind excuses or anything like that, right? You have a a whole bunch of coaches out and, you know, my partner in crime, Terrence Copper was talking about, you know, you can justify it how you want it, but there's so many in-game adjustments that those coaches make during the course of things. And, you know, they tried as best as they could. And, you know, everybody's waiting for bad Jameis to show up. He throws two picks. One of them pretty much not, I wouldn't say on him, but you know, the other one definitely was a bad look. And then you rebound against the Patriots. Uh, I thought it was a hard fought win against the, on the road. And then you come to the Giants and you just essentially lay an egg when you got the Superdome crowd rare. And I mean, that was probably the craziest thing. Cause you know, I tell people yeah. all the time covering this team, uh, look, you never got used to an empty stadium last year going with COVID and all that stuff, but such a, a huge way to drop. And then in, against Washington, it seems like, you know, they got the message, got humbled a little bit and were able to come back and, and respond in a big way. So um, they're a wild card team and they're very Jekyll and Hyde, but I think this bye week is given a chance to get rested. And obviously they're going to be able to come back and Seattle's a tough place to play. The matchups lost a little bit of its luster with no Russell Wilson, but Geno Smith is a veteran guy. He's done around, uh, been around for a long time. They still have some extremely good weapons there. And so, I'm looking forward to Monday night. Well, props for you guys. You guys have the funniest player in the NFL. If you told me <laughs> that Jameis Winston was doing like performance art for his entire career in life, I would tell you he's one of the funniest people on planet Earth. Like he just the clips of him on the field before the game during the speeches, all kinds. Like he just he makes me laugh all the time. I love I love Jameis Winston. Uh, Lofa, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, early thoughts as we look at this one. Um, you know, I think last week, you know, tough loss of the Pittsburgh game, but um, I think we accidentally or inadvertently because of the Wilson injury have found our identity. We are going to run the ball. We're going to come out and I, I guarantee you Pete's in there saying right now, he's like, look, I don't care what happens in the first half. You know, I want more than half our plays to be run. And so I think 
that's what the Saints are going to have to gear up for because we we pushed around a Pittsburgh defense that is very stout. They they can do it all, and um, so you know I know Alex is down, Collins, but Dallas and Homer they both showed that they they can handle it even you know for how young they are. I think they're both second or second year, third year in the league, but um, you know DJ Dallas. I would say would probably handle the the bulk of the carries if Collins can't go, and uh, we're going to find out. You know that, that that's what our identity is going to be going forward until Russell comes back. And I think even when he does come back, they're going to lean on the run game because that's what. Just like you got the picture of my man Marshawn right there in the background, that is how we got to where you know being on top of uh, of the division and in the NFC conference. We ran, we played defense, and so we're getting one of those pieces back, and hopefully the defense will follow soon. Well, speaking of running backs, I mean, my next question is what should Seahawks fans be worried about? And I would assume you guys are going to say it rhymes with Alvin Kamara. I think that is the name. <laughs> I think yeah. if you, it would be Calvin Amara if, like, you're going to go. <laughs> you're going to go rhymes with. Um, yeah, and I mean, John, you could talk about him, but I, the last time he came up here – I, I thought he's one of the best running backs I'd ever seen, and I, I hadn't seen a, a whole lot of him. Yeah, I'd seen his numbers on fantasy, which were impressive. But when you get an up-close look, and, you know, he's a guy that can do do it all. Um, there's a lot of guys that can just run between the tackle. They can just run outside the tackle. They can only run zone. They can only run power. This guy can do anything. And then he's he's smooth on the backfield like a receiver. And um, But, I mean, John, how, how has he looked um, this season in, in your eyes? I mean, he's looked fantastic. You know, I, I had some concerns about the, the usage that they had. You know, I thought maybe 60% of the snaps would probably be good. But, you know, it was a little bit unprecedented because you lose Latavius Murray and, and they decide to move on from him because of Tony Jones Jr. and the job that he's done. And so, uh, especially this last game against Washington, I mean, that was all Camara. The only other person that ran the ball was a wide receiver and Jameis Winston six times. So, no Tony Jones Jr. You'd call up guys from the practice squad and do some things. I mean, this guy – got involved in the catching and uh, the receiving department too, because that was something that was missing against the giants. And so, I mean, you could have moved the ball that way, but he got way more active. He's somebody you have to respect and he's so hard to bring down. I mean, he does all these crazy videos and with Dr. Reef during the off season about his balance and, you know, every time he hits his speed, it doesn't – it looks like a gazelle. Like, I mean, he just yeah. barely looks like he's hitting a, a second gear. But, man, he's got some huge speed on him. And he's just uh, – especially what I think is, has been really good for him is that offensive line has been hobbled, right? And they've they've gone – the only actual starter that's really there in a natural position is Ryan Ramchek. So it's – and mm. you've had under speed that's got hurt. You have Teron Armstead that got hurt. Um, Eric McCoy, I don't know if he'll be back for this game. But, you know, they've been able to do a lot with, with the offensive line they have. You know, I think crowd noise is going to be huge. Obviously, they struggle with that in week two against the Panthers with their silent count and stuff. But, you know, speaking about Kamara, man, he's just a, a freak of nature and he can just beat you in so many different ways. And, you know, look, they missed on a play last week that he wanted to have back as they had a wheel route with a linebacker. Mm. I mean, he's one of those guys that it doesn't matter who you put on him. Kamara can find a way and that would have been a huge hookup. But you just have to respect just any and every route and everything that Kamara does when he touches the football. Do they? Do they have anybody? Because they've always been a platoon backfield ever since, you know, <clears throat> I've known Sean Payton. I mean, Reggie Bush, Mark Ingram, Pierre Thomas, um, Chris Ivory. Uh, the, the list goes on. Latavius Murray, you know, he's recently. But do they have anybody? I don't. Where did Tony Jones Jr. come from? Well, he was a undrafted guy out of, of Notre Dame. And so, I mean, they find these gems, right? And he, uh, 
he had got called upon in a crazy situation with COVID last year against the Panthers. He gets one play and he gets hurt and knocked out of the game. And so he was mm-hmm. doing really well during training camp. I mean, he looked outstanding. He had a great preseason and, you know, he really just pushed Murray, if you will, and just caused him to be able to move on. The Saints try to go to Murray, say, hey, let's try to rework this contract a little bit. Murray didn't want to, so he got released. And now he's doing good things in Baltimore. And I always liked Latavius Murray. And like you said, good one-two punch him and uh, Camara and Ingram were just like two of the best tandems you could have in a locker room. It was like Batman and Robin. But, you know, for the Saints, they're not going to have Tony Jones Jr. in this one. Uh, they call up Devin and Zigbo, or not call up, but they signed him off the Jaguars practice squad. He really didn't get some work, mainly because of the short week and such. But I'd expect him maybe get a couple of carries. I mean, he was in some offensive snaps. But, look, it's really one of those things where you got to really stop Camara. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you know – you got to pay attention to Taysom Hill, but obviously I know he's everybody feels a certain way, but he's in a lot of short yardage and goal line situations, red zone work. And uh, he got knocked out with a nasty concussion. He's one to keep an eye on. And so, uh, you know, they use him a lot in the run game. So it's going to be interesting to see if it's just going to be Kamara because they'll, they'll literally have one job, stop Kamara and then see what happens with changeups. Well, and, the Seahawks' you know, run defense was obviously suspect, especially early in the season. But Lofa, last the last game against the Steelers, they they kind of held their own a little bit, and we saw some improvements. What were we doing differently, and do you think that'll carry over in this Saints game? Yeah, I think you know one of the biggest things was you know putting Jamal down there, and I mean he's you know, I know when you think of a, a guy that has to hold the edge, you think oh he's got to be big, strong, fast. You know Jamal's probably only what, like two ten, two fifteen, whatever he is. Um, he's strong, but you know, he wasn't having to take on anybody. He, you know, he can just slip underneath blocks and and make a play in the backfield. And and I think when you have that kind of disruption, because you can't run away from him, you know, like the 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 Saints tried the Rams, that you know, epic play he made uh, at the goal line uh, a year ago, um, chasing down Daryl Henderson, who's fast. Um, he you can't run away from him. So um that's where I think the the biggest adjustment was um, in terms of now he wasn't coming down and playing a gap from 15 yards away because we did see him overrun a couple in the Rams game just uh, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. Well, and is this also a game, and then we've seen him come on uh, having a great season so far, Jordan Brooks, right, um, who we know is really fast at linebacker. Is this a game where we might see him in some coverage on Alvin Kamara? Like is that how we might be using him, or does that not jive with our scheme? Um, he's generally been matched up against the tight ends. Um, you know, you look back Conklin, Minnesota, um, and then, you know, a couple other he was matched up with tight ends. And we, we generally leave Bobby to, you know, the best linebacker in the game to to match up against the running backs. Okay. Uh what should Seahawks fans uh be worried? Oh wait, no, wait. I asked you. Wait, oh, that was my first question. <laughs> I gotta scroll down. What should Saints fans be worried about going into this game? Uh, Lofa, when it comes to these Seahawks, I mean, man, it's a much different team than we started out with at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and again, I think it's you know the run game that's that's you know been newly found. You know, so that's really all I have on on that. That's that's what they have to be worried about is that we are going to try to establish the run and. Um, you know, we have the stable of backs to do it, you know, which in years past, it's it's almost like they're looking at a, a mirror image. The lot, Saints are like with all the running backs of, they used to have. A lot of injuries, though. They put up that graphic during the Steelers game that uh, what Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are like over 50 percent of the offense or something. Do you see that crazy stat? We throw it a lot. How's the Saints uh, secondary, John? 
Yeah, look, I think they figured it out. Marshawn Lattimore is coming off one of his best games, and he's doing it with basically one hand, right? And mm-hmm. he had six, six of the 12 pass breakups for the Saints. He he wants that smoke. I mean, he's hungry after that contract, right? And Terry McLaurin was a familiar guy at Ohio State, and he wants those types of matchups. So I don't know if they're going to shadow. He likes to travel a little bit, you know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Paulson Adebo and Bradley Roby have been their their number two corners right now. The rookie has done pretty good, but they traded for Roby. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, you know, talked to Sean Payton and I asked him a little bit because I noticed in some of the games, especially last one in Washington, there's series where Roby's going to play opposite of Lattimore and there's a series that you can have Adebo. And Adebo has done a pretty good job, had a real big interception near the goal line to shut Washington down last week and or two weeks ago, excuse me, because we didn't play football this last week. But, you know, um, at any rate, so – I think you got to be respectful for both of them. I mean, the Saints fans know Tyler Lockett well. I mean, they know what he brings to the table. DK Metcalf is a freak of nature. So I think it's going to be interesting in the secondary. And, you know, look, they're backed up by two of the best safeties in the league. It's Malcolm Jenkins, the veteran, and Marcus Williams, a guy who's, you know, fairly known for the Minneapolis miracle, but he's done so many good things and has just elevated his game and has just taken it to another level. He's been able to read the field a lot better. His speed is amazing. His tackling got better. And so it's going to be a tough task, but, you know, you saw against the Giants game, uh, and if you didn't, there was some big plays that happened, some explosive plays, and Washington tried it, and they were able to fix it week over week. So it's going to be interesting to see how Geno Smith, A, can handle the the, the front seven if you will and and being able to escape the saints have not been a really good uh sack team this year i mean they're 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 getting better but you know they're missing marcus davenport they've obviously got a long ways with peyton turner they usually like to bring their linebackers and lofo obviously loves that they bring their linebackers on blitz get demario davis involved get pete werner involved get those guys he's outstanding man so it's uh one of those interesting looks if you will but their secondary is one of the biggest question marks going into training camp, they had hits like Patrick Robertson retiring. They got injuries and yeah. stuff, but man, they they've come a long way. I say that. And they actually have a pretty good tandem there. Well, I called for it on our last episode, Lofa. We need to see the Seahawks pass rush show up. Are we yeah. going to get to Jameis or not? Well, you know what, before we get there, I just, I got a question for John. Cause oh. you know, I, I looked and you know, I'm going to zone in on a player right now. Uh, Cameron Jordan, one of my favorite players to watch and I just realized he has zero sacks. And, mm-hmm. you know, is that an effect of Hendrickson moving on to the Bengals? Or is, you know, cause that that is one of – I don't know why. He's got like 95 sacks for the career. I don't know why he's not ever mentioned in the MVP race. But, um, you know, what's going on with him? What have you seen out of him right now? Yeah, look, I mean, Cam's obviously he's, you know, he's a, an older veteran, but he's not going to hide behind that type of stuff, obviously. And he's such a, a, a disruptive force. And, you know, unfortunately, with pass rushers, if the sacks aren't there, then all the other analytics and all the other stuff that does show up, like good run defense or just being able to do a lot of different things, they don't show up on there. And that's some of the things that he's been able to do. Now, obviously, the end result is the sacks. And, you know, the Saints play – typically when teams play the Saints, the best thing to do is them to get the ball out quickly. That's what Daniel Jones did. That's what Taylor Haneke did. That's what a lot of yeah. teams, even when they faced Jalen Hurts last year against Philly, that is your best weapon against the Saints is because if you give them too much time, they like to bring a lot of stunts, blitzes, and twists and different things on the line to be able to get after the quarterback. And so, look, Cam Jordan, you know, he's doing what he can off the edge. And, you know, you talk to Cam, he wants it. 
more than anybody, yeah. and he's going to be as vocal as he can about it. But slow start. They have some good pass rushers opposite of him. You know, the rookie Peyton Turner's done good. I think um, to no passing, y'all, that's been their best free agent pickup so far. Well, he's done outstanding. And to Brett's question about the pass rush for, for us is our Achilles heel has also been the ball coming out in under three seconds and nobody even near the receivers. So um, if that's the case, I think we're in for we're in for a heavy over, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> Hammer the over, everybody. Hammer that over. Yeah. At John, John, if you're looking for quarterbacks who hang on to the ball, you guys have come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> It happened. Jameis gets guilty of that sometimes, but you know, look, I think his, um, to be fair though, he's really escaping the pocket and moving around. Well, I mean, that's just something that he's just has been able to do. I mean, there's times where you look at like Washington, they, they, they had five man fronts against some, something that the saints hadn't seen really since the bears. And so they knew that there was going to be certain looks and zone and man that they were going to be able to take. And so Winston was able to find it and escape the, the pocket, take off with his legs. So it'll be interesting to see how the Seahawks counter with Ken Norton and, and such and about game planning because Winston's a tough guy to figure out. He doesn't throw a, a whole lot and he doesn't have to throw 30, 40 times a game. But, uh, you know, if they can isolate Kamara, it might give him a chance to, to kind of do a little bit differently and, and against Winston. Who does he who does he have out there as his primary targets? Well, it's uh it was Deontay Harris. I'd say he's been the most consistent guy, right? And Marquez Calloway's their number one guy, undrafted guy from Tennessee. He's done outstanding. He had that big Hail Mary. He also had a, a big play with the, some picks that he had got in the end zone. And that's kind of the, what we had seen in training camp and preseason. But, you know, Harris has been their their big guy. He had a hamstring injury. We'll see about his status. I mean, benefiting from an extra week has definitely helped him out a little bit. And, you know, obviously you remember that game in 2018 or 2019. That was his rookie year. He took the punt back. I mean, that was just kind of what set the tone for that game with Teddy Bridgewater and such. But he's just some Somebody, a you don't punt to and B you got to do respect because he's so he's such a vertical threat and can do you know so many other things other than that but they're trying to get more guys involved like Adam Troutman they're tied in um, Adam or Jawan Johnson they're tied in and another undrafted guys I mean that's kind of the theme for this team is they love finding these undrafted gyms that just absolutely say, yeah flourish. Sean Payton man he's a real yeah. wizard at that kind of thing you know over the years especially with wide receivers I mean how does a guy like this go undrafted in the first place though uh, you know, look, I mean, as far as Deontay Harris, I mean, is what D2 Assumption College? I mean, right. it's, you gotta, it's your scouting team, right? You know, it's yeah. some of those guys in Callaway. Um, I think it was what Juwan Jennings was there with them. And uh, yeah, Josh Palmer, a couple of guys. I mean, there's just some of the things that just fall off the cracks. But Lofa mentioned a couple of them earlier. Chris Ivory is a big one. Chris Pierre Thomas Ivory. was undrafted. Sure. I mean, you know, these was guys. Pierre Thomas undrafted? Where was, where was yeah. Colston drafted? Wasn't Colston? Colston was a seventh rounder from Hofstra. Yeah, from Hofstra. Which, you know, no longer right. exists. Yeah. <laughs> no right. football. Yeah. yeah they just have good. We well, I was gonna say we have a team here who prides ourselves on drafting and the good drafting, and that's what led to our Super Bowl, of course, against the Broncos. But of late, you know, drafting has been a little suspect. You know, a lot of Seahawks fans are starting to question some drafts in some recent years, and uh, you know, the the Saints are, you know, you guys find guys sometimes not even in the draft. Not fair. <laughs> um, uh, I I love though the the Seahawks and Saints getting together. It's it's fun to see. Actually, I think. One of my first or a, a game I went to a long, long time ago when I was a kid was seeing the Saints come into town when the uh, Seahawks were playing in Husky Stadium back Ooh. in the day. I don't know if you guys remember. They spent a few seasons, I think, while 
between the kingdom and and yeah. what, CenturyLink yeah. or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, two, watching two thousand to like two thousand three. Watching Sean Alexander in a silver helmet and a big yeah. double in the middle of the field, you know, uh, back in the day. But um, so it's fun to see them get together. And of course, I put up the Beast Quake picture here. But John, where were you for the Beast? Quake? We got to bring it up. Where were you? Do you remember where you were? Oh, watching on the couch and uh, thinking, what in the world did I just watch? So it's just one of those. That, I mean, I remember that game. They were down to an injured Reggie Bush and they had Liddell Betts. Drew Brees threw it over like, I think, 50 something times. I mean, it's just yeah. defensively they were dealing with a lot. And I mean, look, Super Bowl champs, right? You know, you're defending. It's the hardest thing to do in football, more or less just win one. Right. And so, um, you know, it was crazy to see, but. Man, it, and I remember that 2010 season was crazy because Drew threw his most interceptions he's thrown, I think, in his career in that one. It was like 20-something. I remember being on the at the road game in Arizona, and that was weird. We got beat by Max Hall that year. I mean, nobody remembers Max Hall. <laughs> you know what I mean? BYU? So, BYU? <laughs> what? Yeah, I think so. He had to start. I forgot who it was supposed to be, but, yeah, he didn't play in that game and stuff. So uh, it was just a crazy thing. But, yeah, I remember being on the couch watching that thinking, man, this is going to be something. And then it, it saw that run, and I'm like, well, we've got, got to get props where it's due. We've had Lofa's story before here on the air because Lofa was on the sideline, but, you know, he, he, he doesn't really remember where he was either. Physically. For that. I, was, I was present. Lofa, I'm going to ask you a different question about that play this time, though. <clears throat> Were you more impressed with Marshawn Lynch's run or the fact that Matt Hasselbeck was also there at the end, almost yeah. crossing the goal line with The him? fact that, that Hasselbeck just hawked him, ran him down, and, and, and put on some lead blocks to <laughs> get him into the end zone was the most <laughs> impressive part. Because um, I think, you know, Hassan, he he had just pulled the glute just a couple weeks prior. Can't be skipping leg day, like I said. And uh, but he came back strong for that game. And and wait, wait, John, you guys are going through a lot. I had like 300 new teammates that year. <laughs> you want to talk about going through a lot? We went through a lot of transactions, and yeah. you know, every, every week there was a new guy, you know, next to us or in our linebacker room or in our, you know, it was like, what's going on here? Because I think we set the record. I remember. 120 transactions, something like that. Hasselbeck used to, he used to kind of lead block every once in a while. And it would all, it was always the best, <laughs> I don't know. but he certainly never did that in practice. Did he Lofa? You never saw Hasselbeck pulling around an end or anything. No, maybe the red Jersey. on. We're not allowed to touch him. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, looking around, uh, at our divisions guys, uh, you know, the Seahawks, they, they, look up at everybody else in the NFC West right now, which is just such a strong division, right? Um, and the Saints are in second place. But let's start with the Seahawks there, Lofa. I mean, do we really think this team can still make the playoffs? And, John, you can obviously join in as well. I absolutely believe we can make the playoffs. Okay. And, I mean, it's one week at a time. You okay. know, not to be cliche, it really is. And, you know, our focus is on this game. But I think, again, I think we're going to see a turning point in these next couple games. we got the bye week three weeks from now, Russ is going to be back, you know, as soon as that bye week's over, but, um, you know, we're going to see a, a, a team find the identity, right. And that run game always opens up and makes the pass game so much easier. So, and then if you get things rolling on the ground, you know, your defense isn't out there for 40 minutes a game, which we're damn near close to averaging. So I hear um, you, but, how about these Cardinals, huh? I mean, they're really going for it. That Zach Ertz trade, and yeah. they're they're going all in. This they're going season. all in. And, I mean, you know, we can't – that can't be our focus, right? We, we 
you know, if they go next and when we meet them, if they're 10 and 0, it's fine, you know, but we have to control what we control. And so um, that's a task in hand right now for the Hawks. And I know that's the message of Pete's delivering to the guys is like, hey, man, like, and I think he even said, he's like, yeah, whatever. You know, they look real. We'll find out how real they are when we play them because I can't really speak to if they are that team, but they look good. They look the part. Yeah. Well, I, John, I mean, let's talk about the Saints. What about the Saints? They're in second place. They're in the NFC South. I mean, obviously they got Tampa Bay in the division, but uh, what do you, what do you think? Where, where do you think they end up when everything shakes out? Yeah. I mean, there's you know, six in the wild card race right now. I mean, and now you get seven teams. I, I, before the season started, I definitely didn't think they would win the division, you know, for Pete or whatever you want to call it, but Tampa was just had too much or too little roster turnover. Right. And bringing back most everybody and putting together another run. And, you know, look, I think saints, had plenty to figure out, right? No debris, nothing, new regime, if you will, a lot of different faces, lost some key players in free agency. And so, you know, I felt pretty optimistic. I thought that they'd do 10 and 7 is what I originally did. And then right before the season started, I doubled down and said, I think they can do 11 and 6. And so now the way some of these teams have phased out a little bit, or, you know, Carolina had the hot start, Denver had the hot start, Carolina beat the Jets, they beat the Texans, and they also beat the Saints when they had none of their coaches and stuff too. I mean, so it's like they come back down to earth a little bit. And so I always thought that the Saints would be the actual threat to Tampa. And look, you know, after the Seahawks game, they got two at home, they've got Tampa on Halloween and they have Atlanta. So it's, it's obviously about winning your division. Um, and, and I think, there's a chance, but they're going to need some other chips to fall there. But look, I feel good about them making it as a wild card team. And I think the biggest thing is they're they're healthy. They're going to get healthy down the stretch when it counts. And, um, you know, they're going to get Michael Thomas back in several weeks. They're going to get Traquan Smith back, I believe, this week. Um, they're going to get their kicker back. I mean, you know, you look at other things. I'm, I'm uh, We don't talk about it. We hadn't talked about it, but I'm very terrified to see them try a field goal. They only have – one field goal make for the entire year and they've tried it four. So they're only 25% missed two extra points. And Seattle's a weird place to kick, especially with that fan stuff. So it could be an advantage on special teams. And we, we get a uh, poached to kicker, Brian Johnson off the bears practice squad. But look, I, I still think given that they're going to get healthier down the stretch, they got some tough games, Tennessee, uh, on, on the road, they've got Buffalo and Dallas in back-to-back weeks on Thanksgiving and then the Thursday night game, and then they got to play at Tampa on a Sunday night game. So I think those four games are what's going to define whether this team is for real or not and is a pretender or contender. Well, speaking of uh, zoning in or you know getting really into this game here, let's move on to our zoning segment, shall we? Zone in CBD, everybody, the best CBD in the game. It's Lofa's company. ZoneNCBD.com is where you go to pick some up. You can sign up for a subscription so that it shows right up to your doorstep. You don't even have to think about reordering. Or you can pick it up in person at Bartell Drugstores up in the Pacific Northwest. There's also a promo code if you're buying online, right, Lofa? Believe, B-L-E-A-V. For 20% off of your purchase, whether it's the capsules, the tanctures, the topicals. Tanctures? Am I, am I still not saying it right? Uh, it's just you have an accent when you say tincture. It's, uh, I have an yeah. accent? All right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got a question real quick, actually. How come some CBD companies I see out there, they have, you can, they like smoke the CBD, but do you guys have that or they no? cartridges? Like, no. no. Yeah. No, it's, you know, I mean, I am, I, I do own a cannabis farm as well. So I do believe in cannabis, and but I don't know if that's a product right now in our roadmap um, to to get people to be the healthiest they can be. 
you know, I okay. you know, not hating on it. Just probably not going to bring it to the table right now. No, I just, I have no idea. And I noticed it and figured I'd ask. So, uh, but I'll, anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll make one and send you one. How about that? Oh, okay. I know that's what your little heart wants. <laughs> I might need one during this Monday night game because yeah. uh, let's zone into it here. Cause guys, uh, the Seahawks, this is their third primetime game in a row. We played Thursday night with the oh, Rams, wow. Sunday night with the Steelers, and now we're Monday night with the Saints. And Lofa, it used to be that if the Seahawks were playing in prime time, you could just pencil in that W right away. But my uh, man, we've yeah. lost two straight. Here comes the third primetime game in a row. And Lofa, I'm going to ask you, is this a must win? Or, and I came up with this for you this week, is this a must win? A man win? Or a meh <laughs> a win? A meh win? Lofa uh, loves to say meh. So is this a meh win or a must win? Uh, I mean, there's only so many times that I can say meh and, you know, act like, I mean, mathematically, we're going to be out of it soon if I don't say fucking must win. So uh, this is a must win. And um, this is one that we got at home, you know, prime time. We do. We, we showed up to play last week. We showed up to play three quarters in that L.A. game, too, on Thursday night. Yeah. Fourth quarter was kind of brutal, but – it's um yeah, this is a must win and um I think I think we get it done because of you know finding who we really are. We are power run the ball downhill at you and play some some great defense. Well, and so and, hopefully the turnovers show up this week. And 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 these last two games for us, I mean, they could have won probably both of those games, honestly. The Rams game there were plenty yeah. of opportunities. The Steelers games there were opportunity the Steelers game there was opportunities. So I mean you always talk about motivation. I mean the Seahawks are definitely gonna be not that they're ever not, but I'm just saying like with those frustrating games uh, well, I'm just going to say point to another thing that you could zone in on because as we start to get deeper into the season, <clears throat> you're going to start to see some teams not believe BLEAV, and they're they're just going to start getting blown out. They're going to start, you know, and like that's where you have, you know, that's when it'll be alarming to me is that's when I'll be like, okay, what's going on? Like, did, did we lose our fight? You know, because there's not a roster out there that should blow us out if we don't just hold on to the ball, you know? And so, um, but you, you're going to start to see in these next, this is like down the stretch. And, um, you know, we saw it out in Detroit, like going for some fourth downs on their own, like 30. Like it just, I think it sends the wrong message. You know, I know he's trying to win, but it's still, you're still in the game. You never know. You punt the ball, you get a turnover. Like it's. Yeah, we're seeing some desperate moves. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing some, yeah. And even New York, like just going for, for stuff that like, okay, well, because they're trying to keep the fight in their guys, the spirit in their guys. And I don't think that's something that you've ever had to worry about here with, with Pete and John. And, um, but this is something to, to, you know, keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to our official predictions then. And by the way, everybody on our Instagram, every game day that the Seahawks have, you find the game day graphic on our Instagram account, believe in Seahawks, and you leave your prediction for the game, your official this is what the score will be and what the outcome will be. And if you nail your score prediction, we will buy you a Seahawks jersey from the official team store, officially licensed with no uh, rinky-dink stuff here, everybody. And by the way, John, I mean, Saints fans too. Hey, why not? You can enter. Maybe you have a jersey collection. I well, I was thinking about it. Couldn't we open it up to like any jersey? Like, no, if, no, oh, no. Okay. They must wear a Seahawks oh. jersey. But <laughs> Sorry. Hey, there's a Saints fan that wants a Seahawks jersey. Maybe you're a masochist and you want a Marshawn Lynch jersey from back in the day. I don't know. We'll buy it for you if you leave your score prediction 
on our Instagram account. But um, let's get our official predictions from us right now, guys. Uh, who wants to go first and dive in? How do we see this thing ending up for real? Well, I'll, I'll jump on the sword, and I'll tell you, if you were to buy mad respect, I was I grew up watching Sean Alexander a lot, too. And, and so if there was one jersey I was going to get it for Seahawks, that's yeah. definitely one. And Bobby Wagner, because that dude is an absolute baller, right? Oh, so, there we go. Respect the linebackers, right? And so, uh, look, I think for this team, um, it's not going to come easy. But obviously, I think that you're going to have a lot of trading uh, possessions, scores, and stuff. I think some of this stuff is going to kind of just open up a little bit, right, for both teams. And not that it's going to be explosive plays, but I think both teams will put together some good, strong drives, get points out of it, probably go into halftime relatively close. Um, but at the, in the end, uh, it's going to come down to those fine details. And look, Pete Carroll and Sean Payton, mutual respect for each other. They've done this a long time. And it's really going to be who coaches in, in those those red 911 moments, those emergency type moments in those situations that are really going to spell the difference. I'm going to take the Saints barely by four. I think it's more like a 33-28 victory, 33-29 victory. I do also remember the time where the Saints were in there 2013 and got humbled like a, a, a you know what, because they – we're doing so good, and then they got smacked by Seattle, like thirty-four to seven. They got the Ooh. drawers, and then they only came back for that playoff game, only to lose again too. After oh. all that, Jimmy oh. Graham running their mouth stuff too. But I, I think that um, Seattle's a tough place to play. But I think the Saints team getting healthier, being able to put together some things, lean on Kamara, lean on a good Jameis Winston, and they'll be able to get a win. Well, I'm gonna go next because Lofa. I've picked with my heart the last oh, two in a row. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. So this week I'm gonna I'm gonna predict with my head this week and hope that it goes the other way. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to do some sort of reverse. Yeah, shake it up. I see. Yeah, I like it. But uh, so I'm gonna and you know I always go kind of a weird score. So I'm gonna go New Orleans 29, Seahawks 26 in a close one with some missed opportunities and we'll see what happens. Hopefully I'm wrong. Lofa, save uh, I'm going close. You know, a barn burner, if you will. Hawks 24, Saints 23. Mm. I think they miss an extra point. Okay. All right. <laughs> it could happen. Because <laughs> he, he said the kicks. Because he said it could happen. I threw that out there for you, Johnny. Could happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go, everybody. Leave your predictions on our Instagram account at Believe in Seahawks. Wait till the game day graphic comes up, and then leave it in the comments. Um, this last game, uh, no, only one person picked the Steelers to win last week. Everybody else picked a Seahawk win, and then that person who picked the Steelers, they weren't right on the score. But uh, so. Anyway, a lot of homers over there on our Instagram account, but that's all right. We love all you. Could guys. be all the thumbs down I throw them, you know, when they, <laughs> when they pick the other team. I'll stop doing it. I'll that stop. could that could be the reason. Though. I'll stop pick shaming you. That's a wrap on us, everybody. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the game on Monday night. Um, don't forget, everybody, the night the or sorry, the day before the game on Sunday. At 1 p.m., Lofa and producer Katie and I will be at Rhinehouse Bar in Seattle, Washington at 1 p.m. to watch the afternoon slate of NFL games with all of you guys giving away prizes and doing a raffle for uh, Special Olympics Washington. The address of the Rhinehouse Bar is 912 12th Avenue in Seattle. That's 912 12th Avenue. Come on out. Hey, hey. Drink a beer. Have some fun. John, thanks for joining us, man. 
Appreciate it, man. Thanks. I'll be up in Seattle on Saturday. Oh, all right. Oh, what? Hey, well, let's get up, Come man. to the Rhine House. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, check it out. Come on by. Uh, you guys can find John on social media at John K. Hendrick. Uh, and you can also follow me at Right? Yeah. the Saints. Burgundy. All right, hands in the air. Come break it down with us, John. We always break it down like it's like the football huddle. Yeah. I'm gonna go must win because this is the Belief family. I don't want to <laughs> just you know drop a beast quake on you and make you break it down to beast quake. Yeah, I know, right? So yeah, so this is must win for either squad. So it plays. All right. So must win on three. One, two, three. Must win. Must win. <laughs> cool. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.